So we've, uh, we've talked about the difference between truth and reality. That reality is what we can sense and what we can see, feel, touch, smell. That, that's reality. Truth is what we know from the Torah, what we know from Hashem's word. That's the only thing we can be sure about is, is, is true. Everything else is subjective. We, it's our feeling. We, it's our senses. And even if everybody in the world has the same feeling, uh, that's still we make an assumption that based on the fact that everybody feels and sees and touches the same thing, that it must be there, must, that tells us that it's real. But in terms of truth, uh, that's not necessarily so. We also explained yesterday that whereas reality deals with objects, with things or with people, um, a, an object is either real or it isn't, a person is either real or, or, or he isn't, um, but, but truth deals... But truth deals with um, relationships. So that you could have a true relationship between two things that aren't real. They're just concepts. That's what mathematics is at the end of the day, isn't it? It's relationships between concepts. There's not really an X. There's not really a Y. They're just concepts. But the relationships are true. So too in, in, in Halacha and in Torah, the relationships are MS. We gave the example. You could have two people that we don't know if they're real or not. We don't know if anything's truly real or not, but, but their love for one another, that's real and that's true. And Allah, where science deals with objects and reality, Torah deals with truth and with relationships. And it's important to have that differentiation clear, but it does lead to the possibility of paradox. And as the world gets more and more complex, people are having to learn, like today, people are having to learn to live with paradox, and people are finding it very difficult to, to, work with, to live with paradox. But in Torah, we've been taught to live with paradox forever. That's part of, the, part of Torah. If you're dealing with truth and reality, there's going to be paradox. Uh, and, and from a, a young child, as we'll see in the Gemara today, we'll see what it is to, to live in paradox. And young children learn this piece of Gemara. So the, uh, the mind of a person studying Gemara gets adjusted to what paradox is and how to live with it from a very early age. What's the case of paradox in the in the Gemara? Um, the, uh, we, the, the Gemara brings a, a, a Mishnah from Tyrus. Shnei Shvilin, Echad Tameve, Echad There are two paths. Across one of the paths, there's a grave. So if you walk down that path, you're going to walk over the grave. Now, there's no Isur. Uh, for a person to walk over a grave, certainly if you're not a Kohen. However, it does have implications. You're mahil on Tumah, you're walking over Tumah. Tumah, for those who are not familiar with it, is a, a force in the world that causes, that damages purity. It detracts from purity. And there are such forces in the world. And a dead body projects such a force in the world. So when one comes into contact with a dead body, one becomes tame. And that means that if you then touch food or various other things that you could then touch, you can transmit that tumor onwards. So it's important to know, this is all in the time of the Beit HaMikdash, today it doesn't apply. But in the, um, the, uh, in, in the time of the Beit HaMikdash, it did so it was important to know. If a person's tame, he needs to know that he's tame. And then he has to become tahori, he has to go through a process of purifying, and until he does so, he's got to be careful not to touch things that then also become tameh, and so the tumah spreads. It's like an infection, and, and you've got to manage the infection by being aware of it and limiting it, as we see today in the pandemic. 
So here there are two parts. One is Tamei, one is Tahorot. So one man walks down one of the parts and then he touches food. And then another one walks down the road and he touches food. So now we've got two items of food that have been touched by two different people, one of whom was Tamei. So let's say there's a loaf of bread and there's a, a bowl of fruit. And one of them is Tamei. We know that for sure, because both paths were walked down, and the, pers- the people who walked down those paths touched both of these things, so we know that one of them is Tameh. Rabbi Yehuda says, provided they bring their shaila, they bring the issue to the rov, or to the Beisdin, separately, to Horim Shtehem, then they are both considered Tahor. The bowl of fruit is good, the bread is good, and so, so it is. The people, the men, they, their ways, they may be, as, as out of Sophic, they need to maybe go through a purification process. But you can't do that with the food. You can't purify the food once it's Tome. So, so if they come together, both are Tahoe. If they come one after another, then um, it, it's, it's, they're both Tahoe. They're both Tomei. That's the, that's the Gemara. Rashi explains, If each one comes to the Chochem, to the Rov, and puts his dilemma to the Chochem independently, If an individual comes and says, I'm in doubt as to whether I'm Tahor or Tameh, whether I'm pure or impure. I went down the road, I'm not sure which road I went down. Then we have a din. The din is, The Torah tells us, when you're in doubt about Tumah that arose in Rishus HaRabim, in the public domain, the psak, the way you have to treat it, is tahor as if it's, as if it's not impure. You've got to treat it as if everything's okay. If it was in a private domain, that's different. And that in itself is a fascinating discussion. So that's the halakha. Somebody comes and says, I was in Rishus HaRabim. I'm walking down two public paths. Not sure which one I walked about. Then I touched fruit. Is the fruit tome or tohar? It's called a sophic tumor berishus harabim. I'm, I have a doubt about my status of tumor, which arose in rishus harabim in public domain. Tahor, as the rov, I have to say, I don't have discretion. I have to say, you tahor. Five minutes later, another man comes, and he said exactly the same shaila. There are these two roads. I walked down one of them. Not sure which one I walked down. He walked down the other one. Oh, oh, so he walked down the other one. Sorry, we know that he walked down the other. We're not sure whether the one he worked down was the one that was Tommy or not. So he's got a sophic. Now, now, so then I've also got to say Tahor. The din is sophic Now what happens if they both come together? Reuben and Shimon come together and they say, we were walking down the road. One of us walked that path. One of us walked this path. We know one of us is Tommy. We just don't know which one. Then we've got to say, since I've got to now give one decision, we can't say Tahor, because that would be a lie. Because I've now got to say, you're both Tahor, or you're both Tameh, I can't say that. that. Those words are not are not truthful. So again, each one comes by themselves, the words are truthful. They come together, they're not. So what is paradox? Paradox is where A is true, I know that. And B is true. I know that. But A and B can't both be true. That's paradox. And, and where do we see that, that already? We see that 
with with Avram Avinu, with the Akedah. That's why the Akedah is so, so important. It was the first lesson from Hashem of how to live with paradox. Avram says, I know that Hashem doesn't want people to sacrifice children. I know that. That's a truth. I know that Hashem has asked me to sacrifice my child. That's a truth. They can't both be true. That's paradox. What do you do? We'll see. How, how do you work? We know what Avram did, but how does that work? We have it with things like, like the, the, the age-old question, the Rambams and others' question of Yediyah and Bechira. We know that Hashem knows everything that's going to happen. We also know that I have free will to, to do what I want. How's that possible? If Hashem knows what I'm going to do, how do I have free will? A is true, B is true, A plus B cannot be true. What do we do? How do you deal with it? It's, it's a little bit like the, um, if, I think it was above Rami Yitzchak Bloch, the, the tells her of, uh, who, who used to give the example, if you have an individual that doesn't have the sense of touch, he can't feel, and he lights a candle and stands in front of a perfectly reflecting mirror. And he looks into the mirror. He doesn't know it's a mirror because he can't feel. And it's perfect reflection. He can't see that it's a mirror. And he says to himself, I know that I'm handling, handling, I'm holding one candle. That's truth. I know I see two candles. That's truth. But A and B can't both be true. It's either one or it's two. So what's wrong? He's missing information. He's only got four senses, not five. That's what we have to know with paradox. With paradox, when you have two truths that can't both be true. This is true and that is true. They're psukim. So you know A is true and B is true. But they're when you put them together, they cannot be true. What do we do? You have to wait. Sometimes you haven't had life experience and sometimes you may never know the third principle. But you're missing a third principle. That's why you can't resolve the paradox. The paradox is not inherent. The paradox is because you're missing a piece of information. So, so, so with all the paradoxes, it works that way. That's, Av- that's why Avron says he was missing the information that there was going to be an ayol there and that he would be able to be Mekayim the Mitzvah without having to sacrifice his son. He was missing that information. Once he had that information, the paradox is resolved. And so it is with all the, the Yediyah and Bechira. We're missing information. We don't have the whole picture. So with the Shnei Shvilim, you've got a Shvil which is Tohu. You've got a Shvil which is Tome. An individual comes and says, Am I Tohu or Tome? We pass in your Tohu. The other guy comes, Am I Tohu or Tome? We pass in your Tohu. If they come together, we have a problem and we have to go to We have to say, You're Tome. Because that, that statement would be incorrect. So what we see is here, we have the capacity to look at the micro without considering the macro. Some, the paradox usually arises when the micro and the macro, what you see in front of you and a bigger picture, don't resolve. They don't, they don't align. That's when we have paradox. In halacha, we deal with the micro. You deal with what's in front of you. And the fact that there's a misalignment between that and something else out there, if you know they're both right then you're missing a piece of information and you deal with each one. You deal with this one as if it's true, it is true. You deal with that one as if it's true, it is true. Aye, they can't both be true. Okay, so you have a kasha, you have a question which you have not yet resolved. Ad shiovu ha kosovash lishi. 
Uh, we haven't got time to go into the, the into Ormuz Bayes, but there you've got a whole list of those of you who've learned it will remember of of, of crazy situations and, and halacha does that sometimes and I said you need a, a, a sense of humor and really there's a piece of comedy and where the, the cat comes in and it finds the mouse and the mouse has got the loaf and the cat catches the loaf but not the mouse or the mouse on the loaf is in the mouse's mouth or it isn't and it goes on and on and on and the Gemara goes and it's just it's the funniest piece of Gemara it's totally funny and, and Aloha does that because it pushes boundaries of reality. What, what if, what if, what if, until you can see where the boundary of Aloha is. But that, that can be very funny because you create absurd situations. But it all comes at the end with a teku. Teku means we don't know what the Aloha is. So in, in Tur and Rambam, the Aloha is paskin. We know how to act, but the sophic is actually never resolved. So sometimes we live with clarity. Sometimes we live with paradox. And sometimes we live with doubt. That is life.